0: listening to the Knowledge at Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge at Wharton website. We're here today talking with some new Wharton faculty. With us is Carolyn Deller. She's a Wharton accounting professor. Carolyn, thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Now, the paper you've come to talk to us today is about who should select new employees, the head office or the unit manager, and you look at this in the context of a retail chain. Could you talk a little bit more about how you did this research and what you were looking for? Yep.
1: Exactly. Uh, so typically, you know, we can think of uh, where hiring rights fall in an organisation as falling along the continuum. Um, so at one extreme, it could be, you know, the head office or the headquarters assume solely responsibility for the hiring process. And at the other extreme, it could be local store managers in our context in, in the retail chain who are responsible for hiring. And so we're interested in studying... Um, This question because although a lot of organisations place a lot of emphasis on employee selection, many executives see it as a key mechanism to ensure that the individuals in the organisation are aligned with the company's goals and values. There's actually very little empirical research in this area. Uh, So coming at it from a management control perspective, we are interested in looking at how another control mechanism in the organisation, how you allocate uh, decision rights, how that plays into the employee selection process process. And so... Luckily, we had this great setting where an organisation was in a staggered manner uh, rolling out the centralised hiring regime, which naturally generated treatment stores for us where they had transitioned from the decentralised regime to the new centralised model and control stores who remained decentralised during our sample period. So we were able to study not only the main effect uh, of centralised hiring on our outcome variables of interest, but we also felt that it's unlikely to have a uniform impact in the organisation there's likely to be circumstances where headquarters would have a hiring advantage over unit managers and at the same time, circumstances where the local manager, maybe because the store is located far from headquarters or it serves a different type of market in terms of the surrounding demographics than what the rest of the chain serves, uh, would be best placed to hire new employees. Uh, so then we studied these two different circumstances to see you know, whether centralised hiring was more or less beneficial uh, depending on the specific circumstances Circumstances of each unit.
0: And now you found a bunch of interesting things about there's some benefits for centralized, there's some benefits for decentralized. Tell us a little bit about what you found when this retail chain went through this
1: change. So, interestingly, we found that there was no main effect of centralized hiring. So, on average, centralized hiring did not improve the amount of time that employees stayed with the organization, Uh, aggregate monthly employee turnover at the store level. Or store sales performance. Uh, But we did find mostly consistent with our predictions in terms of the moderating effect of headquarters hiring advantage or the local manager's unit advantage. So specifically, we found that uh, in busy stores, which we proxied for the Uh, sales per labour hour, where it's likely that the unit manager is really constrained in terms of time available to screen and hire new employees, that centralised hiring was beneficial in those circumstances in terms of uh, increasing the average duration that an employee would stay with the organisation. Uh, But then in terms of uh, circumstances where the local manager may know best who to hire in terms of the fit with the local team, how to serve those unique customers, uh, if the store served a different type of market relative to the rest of the chain, or the store was more likely to serve repeat customers, we found that the benefits of centralised hiring did not appear in those circumstances. And in fact, centralised hiring could actually be detrimental relative to decentralised hiring in terms of the time that employees stay with the organisation and the employee turnover for the store overall.
0: Now, I mean, there's a lot of retail chains that have this circumstance where they've got a central office and they've got a bunch of different stores that are scattered around the country and in some cases around the world. Mm -hmm. What is the takeaway if I'm a retail chain? I mean, it seems like it might be that they have to take sort of a bifurcated approach to this, that some places would benefit from centralised hiring and some places would benefit from local hiring.
1: Yeah, exactly. So my understanding is that I would presume that most organisations probably have a uniform policy in terms of who does the hiring, is it headquarters, is it the local unit manager, Uh, but our research suggests that really the effect of centralised or decentralised hiring could depend very much on the unit's particular circumstances. So retail chains may wish to consider whether that uniform policy really is appropriate Or whether they should sort of do, you know, a mixed model where some stores might do their own hiring, others may leave it up to headquarters, particularly busy stores that really can't do that on their own, um, to see if they can improve their hiring processes.
0: Now, I thought it was interesting in the paper that one of the things you point out is that one area where it might benefit to have decentralized hiring is if you've got a store that's got atypical demographic characteristics for whatever reason that maybe in that case it's because it's not like the other stores in terms of its customers or something else yeah. that it would help more to let the local people hire people locally. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, exactly. So so research and, and part of uh, what we drew on for this study was a lot of chain organisations franchise some of their units. And so prior research has found that franchising is more common in units that are located further from headquarters, in units that serve different markets, and in organisations where repeat customers uh, are more likely. And the reason being there is for those situations is, you know, it can be difficult for headquarters to monitor units that are far from headquarters. Uh, It can be difficult for uh, headquarters to really understand the nuances of of what's needed to serve customers with different demographics, and so we were asking, you know, does does that apply to the hiring process? Because we you could think that actually centralized hiring might help employees that maybe feel a bit disconnected from the organization because they're far or because they serve a different market. Centralized hiring could maybe be beneficial for those employees as feeling like they're part of the organization. But it seems that the the local manager's uh, informational advantage in terms of the types of people that you need to serve those customers who would fit in the team trumps any po- possible benefits of, of centralized hiring.
0: Now, I mean, there are lots of companies that, I mean, I think increasingly companies are becoming a lot more far flung around the world. They might have employees around the world. And even hiring itself, I mean, has become a lot more. You know, instead of just sending your resume or your cover letter, now you're trying to use these often very complicated systems to apply for a particular job. Yeah. Do you feel like there's applications of this paper beyond the retail train?
1: Yeah, so I think this could apply, uh, I think, most directly to retail organisations, but there are many sectors and industries where organisations have multiple, like, uh, units spread across the country or multiple countries, banking, hospitality chains, uh, even hospitals sometimes. Uh, And then even more broadly, in, say, large-scale organisations, you could also think there, there might be circumstances where, you know, managers within the organisation might know best uh, who fit, say, the demands of different clients served by that business unit, or there could be cases where that business unit is overly busy or managers may be kind of disconnected from the overall strategic goals of the organisation where you might want to have you know, experienced HR people at headquarters doing the hiring of new employees.
0: Now, what are you going to look at next? Where are you going from here in terms of your research?
1: Yeah, so this this paper that I've just been talking about is really thinking about optimizing the fit between an employee and the organization at the time of initial hiring. Uh, but another time where that degree of fit becomes particularly important in organizations is in promotion decisions. So there you're trying to match you know, existing employees that you have with senior level positions. Uh, So in another study that I have, I'm I'm using data from an organisation that on an annual basis evaluates employees, not only on their performance for the year, but also a forward-looking assessment of their potential. So how does this employee fare on different leadership competencies that we feel leaders in the firm should have? And that potential rating is communicated to employees. And so in that study, I'm looking at, um, the circumstances under which and how those potential assessments are related to employees' voluntary departure decisions. Uh, so the parallel with, with the research I've been talking about is, again, I'm looking at you know a mechanism designed to, say, improve fit uh, and how that might influence whether employees stay or go. Uh, but more broadly, I think employee selection decisions and promotion decisions are two very important decisions made by organisations that can have huge costs if you get it wrong. Uh, so many organisations are taking very different approaches uh, to how to sort of solve these promotion and, and hiring uh you know, decisions. And so I'm very interested going forward in in continuing to look at these two areas because I think it's very fascinating. Great.
0: Carolyn, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you very much for having me. You can find all of Knowledge at Wharton's podcasts on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can also find us by subscribing to our podcast feed on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.